Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Speak Out podcast, a podcast about all things mental health and Jesus. My name is Lauren Wilson. I'm the founder and president of Speak Out PDX, a nonprofit located in Portland, Oregon. For the next two episodes, we'll be discussing additional tools to address your anxiety during the pandemic. We'll talk about self-love, self-soothing techniques, thought stopping, keeping a routine, taking time for enjoyable activities, talk about social norms and assertive communication, spending time in nature and the importance of exercise and our health. And then also today we'll be sharing a mindfulness visualization together. If you listened to our last podcast, I'm sure you remember our friend and therapist, Shalane Mistretta. She shared a few tips on better addressing anxiety during this time. She encouraged us to find community, practice mindfulness, and get outside to go on walks. She shares tips on checking in with yourself and then also warns against compassion fatigue. If you haven't listened to the last week's episode one, I would highly recommend and encourage you to go listen to that especially if you've never felt anxious until recently. She just beautifully explains a lot of individuals are experiencing anxiety during this time and they may have never experienced it before now. So do yourself a favor and go back and listen. Now let's start by talking about self-love and self-care. I figured it would be appropriate to share a quote by one of my favorites, Brene Brown. She says this, Owning our story and loving ourselves through that process is the bravest thing we'll ever do. Let me read that again. Owning our story and loving ourselves through that process is the bravest thing we'll ever do. All of us, I mean, all of us are struggling to adjust to a new normal currently. Working from home, wearing a mask, refraining from hugging people we really love and miss, not seeing family and friends as often as we would like, if at all. Allowing ourselves to feel all of these feelings is the first step. Allowing space for ourselves unapologetically. Whatever you're feeling is okay. And it's okay if you don't feel okay right now. Feeling sad, lonely, excited, tired, overwhelmed, overjoyed. All of those feelings are natural and okay. Maybe some of you are grieving in the upcoming school year. Or maybe a few of you got married in the last several months and it's been just so hard and and overjoyful and chaotic Maybe some of you are loving this pandemic because you grew up in chaos and chaos is safe and it feels like your best friend and rhythms and routines just feel like your worst enemy. And so this has been some of the best last six months for you. Whatever you're feeling, owning it and acknowledging it is a first start to self-love. I saw an Instagram post the other day that said, you're doing a beautiful job figuring out some heavy shit. At first I chuckled and then I immediately felt my body agree. I was doing a beautiful job. I was doing a beautiful job in navigating friendships and working from home, allowing space for myself. It completely shifted my mentality to one of grace for myself instead of pushing myself harder and harder throughout the day. I was doing enough, not because I checked off everything on my list, 
But because I was living in the middle of a pandemic, and so are you, and I was allowing myself to not get everything checked off my list and give myself permission to take time for myself, space to feel, space to be okay, or space to not be okay. Self-love starts with a mentality. No one can change that for you except yourself. It's prioritizing your own body, soul, and mind before anyone else. Some may say that that's selfish. You should look at others first and then yourself. But I would say it's one of the most powerful tools that I've learned in making sure that my own body, mind, and soul are healthy by practicing self-love before I give to other people or check in with other people. Soothing techniques for anxiety are some of probably the most common tools that I use throughout the day. I honestly self-soothe probably dozens of times a day, most of the time with not even noticing. Self-soothing is a tool to take charge of your emotions. It can help you to stay calm and centered. A few key ways to self-soothe are to develop a, a witness state. You are larger than fear. You are larger than anxiety. When you notice yourself feeling stressed or overwhelmed, telling yourself, I am not this emotion. I can center myself. I can lovingly witness that that emotion I'm feeling is allowed without being overwhelming to the state of mind that I'm in. It's acknowledging it. It's acknowledging that it's there, but it's not controlling us. A friend this last week shared a story about her struggle with depression. And she said, just so beautifully, I felt like instead of depression being the room, depression was then a box in the room. Others use conscious breathing. As soon as stress hits, immediately they take a few deep breaths, focusing on breathing in peace and exhaling the stress being stored in our bodies. Other self-soothing techniques are visible to the public eye. They're not necessarily good or bad, but a lot of us probably do them without even us realizing. Um, being foot tapping or nail biting, leg shaking, or if you're a younger individual, thumb sucking. All of those are just more obvious to the public eye. Good self-soothing techniques typically involve your five senses, touch, taste, smell, sight, and sound. Several examples of these would be like drinking tea or coffee, getting a massage, softly tickling your own arm, or rubbing the tops of your legs with your hands, listening to your favorite music, or falling asleep with a noise machine on in your room, or... Um, lighting a candle. We have candles constantly burning in our house. And I think without me realizing it, they, just, they ground me back to the present moment. It smells like home. It feels like home. Mindfulness is the practice of paying attention purposefully and not judgmentally to your experience in the present moment. It can be a formal practice, like when you sit down Close your eyes and focus on feeling your breath go in and out. It can also be practiced while reading the news or not reading the news. 
shopping for groceries, gathering with your community in a park. It can be practiced during work, during homework, or just simply being on your couch. There are many neuroscience studies that have shown that meditation can help us regulate emotions so we can better pay attention to other people and act more altruistically. Starting in 2005, Harvard neuroscientist Sarah Lazar began to publish some just mind-blowing findings. And if you're interested more in her work, you can look it up on even just Google. And there's several TED Talks that come up or articles that she's written. Meditation can literally change the structure of your brain, thickening key areas of your cortex that help to control emotions and attention. Your brain, and quite possibly by extension your behavior, can just reap drastic benefits by practicing mindfulness for just 30 minutes a day for eight weeks. And these key areas of your brain that are changed include the insula, which is involving um, emotional self-awareness or parts of your cingulate cortex or orbital frontal cortex, which those are both just like self-regulation, and then parts of your prefrontal cortex, which involves your attention to things. When we practice mindfulness and what this study um, shows from Sarah is that we, we actually can form and strengthen areas in our brain, causing us to have better emotion regulation, longer focused attention, and it can give us the ability to just be more empathetic towards people because we have a deeper understanding and bandwidth to hold people's deep emotion, whether that's ourself or someone else. Recently, I read an interview between psychologist and teacher of meditation, Tara Brock, and journalist, Sigel Samuel, who's now also an author. Tara is a great um, resource, talks a lot about grief and transformation through meditation, and uh, so found this article in her just explaining what meditation does to our physical bodies. So I thought I'd share this with you. She shares this. The first step when we get really gripped in fear is to calm our sympathetic nervous system. A simple way to do this is with long, deep breaths. Take at least three full breaths in, counting to five with the inhale, and then counting to five with the exhale. And with the exhale, you want to intentionally release the tension. That begins to calm down the nervous system. Our breath is often the most helpful home base for coming out of our circling, worrying thoughts and back into our senses. She then continues to say, but we also have to come back to the sounds that we're hearing in the moment or the sensation in our hands or feet tingling or the sight of a tree or a table. Coming back to the senses in our body helps us to come back to the present moment. Tara then goes on into explaining a short meditation practice she calls RAIN. And I really love the way that she explains this. It stands for recognize, allow, investigate, and nurture. She says the first you must recognize, okay, I'm feeling fear. Mentally whispering it can also help you right away. And then allow, just let it be there. Don't try to run away or fix it or control it or judge it. 
just let it be. And then you investigate it. Begin to come into the body and just feel where the fear is in your body. Find out how it feels and breathe with it with a gentle quality of attention and then nurture. She says, you might just put your hand on your heart and offer a kind of soothing message to yourself. You can say to the fear, thank you for trying to protect me. It's okay. Or she says, sometimes she puts her hand on her heart and she says to herself, it's okay, sweetheart. I want to end our time here with one final practice, and it's a meditation visualization. I wrote this during the season of anxiety and COVID, and I really hope that this can be a a place for you to feel like you can come back to. And if you have never done a mindfulness meditation practice, I just want to allow yourself to have grace in this space. Give yourself grace. It's okay if you get distracted or if something comes up or if you are not able to finish this. At least just continue to listen, even if you're not breathing and listening and visualizing. These can take a lot of practice. Mindfulness is a practice and it takes time to teach our bodies how to stay present into the moment. So it's okay if you get distracted or you lose focus, but I would encourage you to try again and to try to focus for just a little bit longer next time and eventually you'll get there. As we begin, I'd like to invite you to close your eyes if you feel comfortable. If you're sitting down, feel the chair beneath you support your body and the floor press into the soles of your feet. Start by taking a few deep, slow breaths. deeper than you've taken all day so far. Breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Breathe in. Breathe out. One more time. Breathe in. Breathe out. Allow these breaths to ground you into the present moment, giving yourself permission to focus on you, making yourself your first priority. There is nowhere else you need to be. There is nothing else you need to be doing. For the next several minutes, your soul, your body, your mind is your focus. Continue to take a few more deep breaths. Allow each breath to be a little bit deeper than the one before it. Feel your lungs expand as they inhale 
holding it for a bit and contracting back out as you exhale. Allow your body to speak to you, listening to where it tells you and your body might be holding stress or anxiety. Unfurl your brow, unclench your jaw, let your shoulders down from your ears. Open your palms. And now allow your breath to return to normal rhythm. Still focusing on it. Allow it to be your anchor during this meditation. Breathing in, breathing out. Now I'd like to take you on a journey. So imagine with me, you're on a path. The wind blowing softly around you. Fields on either side, full of tall grass. You can hear the grass whistling on each other and on your legs as you pass. There's a few tall, strong trees in the distance, and you can faintly hear birds chirping and the leaves rustling. You're taking space to feel, to process, to grieve, to listen and calm the noise of the city. The path is narrow. You slowly take one step at a time, placing one foot carefully in front of the other, cautiously navigating, navigating obstacles in your path. The sun feels warm on your back. You continue as the path bends and curves. You wonder if you're the only one around. You may feel sorrow rise up in your heart. You might feel lonely and afraid. Anger and sadness are close companions. Tears may be filling your eyes from the weight of the world. You allow yourself space to feel. You might feel exhausted. You might feel tired. You don't feel okay. The world is not as it used to be. You grieve in your heart for your brothers and sisters. Your city is lost and hurting. And loneliness and anxiety feel like two close companions on either side of you. You continue to walk up a small rise in the path your focus is forced to the sky. It's beautiful blue and there are wispy clouds dancing through the sky. 
birds are diving and playing with one another. You breathe deeply. Your feet tired, your body sore, your lungs heavy. You crest the top of the hill. In the distance, you see a figure standing in your path. You're unsure if you should continue, but something draws you to him. As you grow closer, loneliness seems to trail further and further behind. You ponder why it might be leaving you. Comfort starts to fill your soul and your body feels strengthened. Who is this person? You look ahead and see his soft, kind, gentle face full of love, peace, and goodness. He intrigues you. He seems to carry authority, power, and strength. You ponder if you should turn around or approach him. It seems like he's calling you over. You take a deep breath. and slowly start walking towards him. And as you start walking, he does the same, slowly meeting you in the middle. The wind softly blows and a a mist towards you and you notice a quiet brook bubbling next to the path below. He sits on a rock overlooking the valley and offers for you to join him. Anxiety, your companion sits at the ground next to you, uninvited. But you let it. Something about this new friend brings peace to your soul, welcoming strength back into your body. You sit and take several deep breaths. He notices your tear-stained face and asks if you're okay. You share your anxiety, your loneliness, your sorrow. You share about this darkness you've been feeling and how tired your soul feels. You've been grieving for a long time. Grieving a life that no longer exists. A world that doesn't share any of the social norms you're accustomed to. You miss family and friends. He listens. And as you look up, you see his face now tear-stained as well. He kindly speaks life over you. The way in which he speaks shows authority, comfort, and strength. He shares goodness and love with you. He looks at your weary face and with such kindness and love. You feel seen, your experience validated. 
You feel love slowly fill your soul as the loneliness starts to lose grip. He speaks kindly over you truth about who you are. What does he say to you? You are loved. You are valued. You matter. He asks you to reflect on what lies you've been believing about yourself through these experiences. Deeply, you breathe in these truths he's told you and out the lies you may have been gripping onto. Breathing in. Breathing out. Breathing in. Breathing out. After a while, he invites you to walk with him down the path. This time, it feels a little less lonely. Anxiety and loneliness are now off in the distance. As you walk, you start to feel peace, courage, and love fill your soul. With each step, you feel more strengthened, encouraged, restored. The two of you walk for a few miles back to the city, sharing silence, sharing stories. Feels like old friends. The space feels safe. And as you part, he invites you back to the rock by the river. As often as you need, he'll be waiting to process, to grieve, to rejoice. He reminds you that you are loved. Your life has value. You have purpose in this world and there is only one you and that he's so glad he knows you now. You were created for greatness. This is only a season and life will one day return to normal. He asks you to hold your hand out and he gives you a small object as you leave. You take it, holding it in your palm. This is to remind you of our time here today. And as you walk away, he reminds you one more time, you are not alone and I will always be here waiting for you. Hey all, we are a new podcast and we hope you've enjoyed what you've heard so far. It would really help us out if you would consider just writing a review on either Apple or Spotify, or if you would consider sharing this podcast on any of your social media platforms or with your friends and family via word of mouth.